Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Get out of the way. Oh, you crowd. Crowd. It means you're a baboon. And I'm I'm talking about like a big bag. It started to re do the recordings. Good. It's so weird seeing you this close again. It's been how long has it been? Is it weird? Yeah. Have I aged? Backwards. You're looking good. Benjamin Button. Yeah. BB. Well, yeah. Last time I saw you, when we met up to go on holiday, you looked like you were almost dead at the start. You know. It's probably true. I probably yeah. Was. Got that there. Okay. Don't put the car before the horse. All right. All right. Poor horse will get confused. The Wait, doesn't the cart? No, the cart does go behind the horse. Yeah, uh, yeah unless you want to be mean to the horse. Horses are very clever. Have you ridden a horse? I feel like you have. I have why do you feel like I've ridden a horse? You look, you've you got the hips for it. <laughs> should we do the proper intro? Uh, yes. Oh, should we both wear these? Even though it's a podcast uh, and it's not seen. It will be seen by some people. Yeah, some people. Oh, how long can you keep yours up for? Because I know <laughs> it's like a personal got a question. One. Ready? Oh, okay. Right. Three, two, one. Oh, mine wants to stand up. Oh, there it goes. Oh, <laughs> oh you got a flopper. I got a floppy. Oh, no. That's all right. Okay, let's do uh, the proper. Mm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ross and Miko. This is Ross. Hello. And I'm Miko. Hello. And uh, this is Happily Ever After. Today, we're going to be watching. Treasure Planet, Planet, which uh, I've never seen. I'm very excited for. Yes. We've got these because uh, I went to Disneyland Paris. Yeah. So anyone who's not watching this, we're currently wearing little uh, stitch hats that mm. have little fluffy ears, which is lovely. Because yes, you went to Disneyland Paris. Yeah. That was, that's probably podcasty worthy news. What was your favourite highlight of Paris, France? Uh, Disneyland. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing you went. No, there. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, was, yeah. What was in there? Um, loads of stuff. I quite like seeing. Uh, I I saw Baloo. I saw Blue the Bear from Jungle Book because my favourite, and I lost my shit. But yeah, it was awesome, and I got this for me. No, that's right. I got it for you, but then I played with it, and I really liked it, and I didn't want to give it up, so I had to buy a second one for nice. you. What, I think it might be the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Today! Today, it's Treasure Planet. I will be the Keeper of Truths, which Ooh. means I have written uh, in... What looks like ancient text, a lot of things about this film. Uh, we will be watching this with our Discord friends. Yep. Um, uh, and then we will be getting drunk. Uh, I've, I've normally it's we've been doing the um the, the who makes the cocktail two and fourth. But yes. I'm afraid I uh, I've given up because I'm like I'm gonna it's gonna be vodka and then I'm gonna put some blue coloring in it and yep. then I'll call it the blue vodka. So Miko, tell us what you got in this. So, uh, as Ross said, signature cocktail for every movie film that we do. Um, Ross doesn't care for cocktails, so it fell on me this. Uh, because it's Treasure Planet, it's mm. Space Grog. Mm. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff at the bottom there. Yeah, that's a little bit of the uh, colouring, I think. So It'll need to. Oh, oh yeah, it probably is. Yeah, there's a lot of pineapple juice. Pineapple juice. Um, so, we'll, we'll give it a mix. Uh, I did have... My metal straw in there. Oh, we've got a back scratcher. <laughs> there we go. This What's is... this? <laughs> the... mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> is... I haven't used it to scratch my back in it's a while. It's too good to go in alcohol. Although that is actually quite thematic of the uh, 
the film in question. Oh, really? There is a, a, someone with a metal hand. Oh, that's quite exciting. Oh, uh, I'm Long John Silver. How are you? Would you like to be my friend? So this is Space Grog. Uh, Grog, if you don't know, the famous drink of the pirates. The rums. Um, mm. But this is in space, because it's a treasure planet rather than treasure mm-hmm, island. Mm-hmm, I assume mm-hmm. it's space-themed. I've not seen it. I'm excited. So this has got uh, lots of dark rum, uh, a little bit of vodka, some coconut rum, uh, some pineapple juice, some apple juice, and a little dash of blue curacao. Mm. Um, which you can see there. Yes. So which is what's made it go uh, greeny, which is great. It looks like a pirate drink. Space grog. Space grog. At your really local cool. supermarket. I was, um, I'm quite excited for you to see this because I know um, famously... You don't have a problem with sci-fi films, but you don't like space. You can't turn left in space, Ross. That's my only issue. Um, they've got over this in this film. They use a thing called, it's called Ethereum. Instead okay. of space, it's called Ethereum. Because awesome. they thought, you know what, it's boring? Space. Yeah. <laughs> they were thinking of you when they did this. They thought, oh, we don't want to have space suits, so everyone can breathe in space. It's just basically uh, gravityless. Um, awesome. So it's just like the sea and the planets are islands. Good. Yeah, so. space doesn't make sense. So stop pretending like it makes sense. But Man, wait, there's more. <gasps> space Grog, we got little space. Oh, yeah, Space Grog's not finished. Yeah, sorry, yeah, the cocktail isn't finished uh, because it needs uh, a little bit of dressing up. So I don't know if other countries have these things. They're kind of disgusting. Um, they're uh, sweeties. I, what is this? It's like. What would you call the outside shell of that? Um, paper? Yeah, it's like edible paper and inside the sherbet. Yeah, flying so, saucers. Uh, yeah, them. they're flying saucers from our childhood. So we thought these would be entertaining. So uh, what do we do? Should we just dip them in? Do I we... think it's entirely up to you. You can do it like a, a shot of <laughs> tequila, you know, and this is your chaser. Right. Um, or you can just leave it in there to dissolve. Until... I'm going to do the dissolve yeah. first, see what happens. So I'm just going to throw it in there. Okay. What so mine's yeah. kind of inflated a little bit. Yeah, so mine's is a little bloated, like a little C corp. Oh, this is exciting! A little candy C corp. Oh, cheers! Oh yeah, cheers! Chim-chim. And now this brings us on to um, drinking rules. I haven't watched this in a very long time. I okay. didn't get a chance to watch it in advance of this. Okay, I, but I do kind of know roughly what's going on in it, so I might be able to help. Well, the the one thing I I will definitely need from you is two of the most popular names mm. or if it's really one-sided then you know as we've done before like you yeah. can pick all right so the main characters there's um jim hawking okay impossible okay. plural i don't know mm-hmm. jim hawking is the the main boy mm-hmm. uh played by joseph gordon levitt j joe whatever his name is um and then john silver is the uh the kind of the cook mentor guy okay there's also a character called ben who does at least a comedy character, so we could do something there. So should we do the um, the standard rules first, so everyone can remember yeah. them? Yeah, so straight off the bat, we've got our Disney standards. So you take a drink anytime someone starts singing, anytime someone starts dancing, uh, anytime there is sidekick wisdom, uh, anytime there is an evil laugh, and any reference to dead or missing parents. Nailed it! Nice, yeah. Sounds um, like you've done this before. It's gone really soggy, by the way, the little thing, if you touch it. it oh, yeah. It feels yeah, weird. It's it's good. Good. <laughs> mm, that's, that's nice. Coconut-y. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's basically, uh, Space Crawl, by the way, if you wonder how it tastes, it basically is like a pirate pina colada is what I was going for. 
Pirate um, Peter oh, some of the sherbet's come out in that. Oh, oh it's two drinks in one. Yeah, in a second, it's going to be real tangy. Oh, oh, I'm getting attacked. <laughs> Again, anyone who's just listening to this, there, there's a dog in the room, so you might hear us. Uh, it's not us panting. You want to drink the Space Grog quick to get the, the authentic flavour and then uh, enjoy a good tangy. Oh, you're going, you're doubling up. Oh, my. They're going in there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so oh, oh no, oh, that went in. Uh, I just saw that. Quick, take them out. Uh, Put too many in. Oh, cool. the slippery bit's really not nice. <laughs> I made a joke about it slipping down my esophagus. That's what it did. Oh no. Oh, no. Um, so we've got the classic Disney drinking rules, and then we need some uh, ones for this. So straight off the bat, we need names. Yeah. So. So, are uh, there two equal names, or is it going to be well? The two main I don't know who who says what, so I'll give you the name. So, uh, Jim and John are the main characters. We Uh also have Ben, uh, we've got Dr. Doppler. Can we just split it between Jim and John, or yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know because maybe they they never say each other's names, but Jim's the main character, and John is the secondary uh, influencer. I like Jim and John. We'll go Jim and John. Who do you want? Jim and John. Uh, I'm gonna go for John, okay. Uh, yeah. The, the not main character, very sneaky. Yeah. All right, I'll go for Jim then. All right. I'm gonna drink every time someone says Jim. I've made a huge mistake. Um, Sweet. Choose at home or now, in the Discord if you. I'm need trying it. to think. So, I don't think they talk too much about, like, ooh, they talk. They do talk a lot about treasure. What was that word that you said? Ethereum. That one. That's what I was about to say. It was like, but I don't think they mention it. I think they go like, hey, They must Ethereum. mention it enough that you remember that. No, I had to look into it because Ethereum is okay. also a Bitcoin thing. I don't think they mention it, but let's put it in there. But treasure, you reckon? Oh, yeah, cool, because it's all about treasure, isn't it? Treasure planet, treasure this, treasure that. Look at the treasure. Hey, what's treasure? Hey, treasure. Right, yeah. okay. So I think they're going to say treasure a lot. I'm going to okay. put Ethereum there just because I think you're right. I think they might mention it once or something. I don't okay. know. There's a lot of old ship stuff but with sci-fi parts i don't know if that could be a drinkable thing if you see like an old thing but with a little sci-fi twist i mean we'd be very okay. drunk by then though i think that's the whole point of this film okay sci-fi sci-fi twists on old things yeah. Steam, we're going for steampunk drinks steampunk. okay write that down steampunk oh it's fine steampunk. here it's never one pot look see there's two and there you're up hi <laughs> i see you uh, what about any time an engine starts? Ooh, ooh, there's going to be a lot of that. Yeah, do it. Uh, you don't need to do that one. That'll be a, a that's an one. extreme one. That's an Engine's extreme starting. one. Well, I'm, I'm I'm happy to to leave that there. Or what? Or uh, I'll let you not do two of them if you want. Uh, I'm not going to do engine starring. I think that okay. will kill me. Um, the steampunk one's going to be really tough. Okay. Because I think it's all that's that's part mm. of the. Well, I'll add another one. Any explosion which includes cannon fire because i reckon there might be some oh yeah oh fights. again the first scene no between that because i have seen the, the start of this film um there's a lot of explosions no spoilers oh, okay. no spoilers write it down basically in the first write it down write it down i'm feeling confident <laughs> all right yeah oh dear you're doing Jim, uh, or any iteration of Jim. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jim Boy, Jim Boy. Ah, yeah, that's Jim Boy. I'll be doing John. Yeah. <laughs> any, any variation of that as well. Space 
John. Longy Johnny. Yeah. Jim John Drews. Yeah. Um, Ethereum. Any mention of Ethereum, mm-hmm. uh, including the ether, mm-hmm. we will we will both drink. Uh, treasure. There will be a lot of them talking about treasure. Is that I just think. the word treasure, or is that when we see treasure as well? I think we should do it all. Yeah, seeing yeah. it, talking about it, smelling it. Of, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, smelling it. Um, then you'll be doing the, anything that's kind of steampunky. So yeah. you'll there's a, but I think you you can only do it once really for for things. So if you see, for example, no spoilers, a boat. Yeah, yeah. That's got engines. Yeah. Then when you see another boat with engines... Yeah, 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 count, you've right? done it. Okay, yeah, okay, that makes but, sense. Uh, yeah. Well, it's up to you, it's up to you. Yeah, you use your common sense. Yeah. We're engines starting mm-hmm. and explosions, including cannon explosions. Yeah! That's going to be powerful. And you're going to do all of... And plus the Disney classics, anytime someone starts singing, starts dancing, anytime there's an evil laugh, anytime there's sidekick wisdom, or anytime there's a reference to dead or missing parents. I'll be doing all of that, mm. and you're going to do all of that minus two. Mm. I'm not doing engine starting or explosions. Okay. But we've Probably also got wise. explaining as well. You put in explaining. So anytime a part of the world is explained. Oh, yes, yes. Again, um, I don't know. Some of these, obviously, I've come up with and I've never seen the film. Mm. So some of these are just me guessing at what might happen. Yeah. I, I can I can imagine John Silver maybe not knowing things or something. And then and then one, one of the other people being like, oh, look over there. That's, ah, that's very important. Mm. Uh, that's how I imagine they all talk. Sorry, yeah, so what do you think this film's about? Right. Wee Jim. Wee Jimmy Jim Jim. Ding, ding, My ding, guy. Ding. Yeah, yeah. He has been found floating in space. Uh-oh. Right? It's so the Ethereum, so he's allowed to In the Ethereum, yeah, yeah. So he's uh, been kicked off his last ship. Everyone lives on ships in the Ethereum. And, uh, and he's been kicked off uh, by his family or his crew or something. He was, he was rubbish. Or there was a misunderstanding, it's hard to say, but he's feeling lost and alone and unloved. And then he gets caught um, by either some pretty despicable characters that are quite lovable, I'd like that, um, or by some fearsome, uh, like, good good guy pirates. But I, I hope that they're anti-hero type things. So I hope, like, John Silver is, like, a bit of a... Uh, Baden, but he's like, oh, I like you. Come on, my ship. We're going to get that treasure, boy. You're one of us. Hey, Jim, 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 Jim. Um, so he likes it. You know, he feels at home. He's a bit unsure about some of the things. We meet some quirky characters, and they're going to get the treasure. Oh, and then they have a face-off with his original crew. They're there as well. And uh, and it's and, and he's all for it. He's like, yeah, let's destroy them in cannon battle. And then eventually gets to the point where Big Johnny Boy is going to kill them. And he's like, no, I don't want to kill them. I want to send them off into space like they did me. <laughs> and then he sends them all off. They all get kicked off the ship. And the, the film ends with all of his original crew just floating in space going, what was that, that guy without his hand? Did you see the thing on his shoulder? That. Mm. Um, <laughs> bye. That'll be it. And that's the film. That's the film. There you go. What do you reckon? Disney, Pixar. Yeah. Get this guy in. Uh, that's that's almost the almost, almost exactly it. Yeah. it. Almost. There's a few details there. Okay. <laughs> Just a few. So you've never even seen a proper iteration of Treasure Island or read about or anything about it. I mean, Muppet Treasure Island. Okay, so there you go. No, that's that's legit. Clements and Musker wanted to make this film for. Like years, 30, 20, 30 years. 
So this is what I do know about this film is that it was the the white whale of yeah they started Moscow pitching Clemens. it in 1985. Wow. Because they did Basil was the first film they worked on for Disney, right? Which was '86, mm-hmm. and they did every film they worked on since. They were pitching it to. Yeah, we'll talk more about that uh, obviously after. But um, yeah, they really wanted to make this. Yeah, that's, that's all I know is Disney kept on moving the goalposts. They kept on being like, "We've we've got this idea. We want to do Treasure Planet," and Disney kept on going, "I don't know if we can trust you yet. Prove yourself again." And then they were like, "Okay." Little Mermaid, and like, wow, well, that was pretty good, but do it again. Aladdin, boom, and like, okay, but we'd like some more films from you. And then, what else? The Hercules and uh, Princess and the Frog, oh, obviously, Prince of Frog and Moana were later, but mm-hmm. yeah, so they finally got to do uh, Treasure Planet, and then nobody saw it because it was the, the it's actually almost like a Disney. punishment you said the, the first one they worked on was Basil but the first yeah. one they worked on I think Basil was the first one they directed the first one yeah. they worked on was um, Black Cauldron the, oh wow so that almost destroyed Disney yeah and then this film almost destroyed Disney as well apparently. Wow. But, well not as much as Black Cauldron so it's almost like yeah. this has been like a 20 like, like, well, what a weird year. circular journey yeah, they've been punished constantly. pulled them out of the darkness yeah uh, into the renaissance and then yeah so, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. See, yeah, I know I know nothing about it. I don't know how the film goes. Well, I mean, I've taken a pretty good guess. I think we're all going to be very impressed at just how accurate that was. And I'd like to point out, last night you were present. I um, present. I spent. I was doing all the notes for this, and I was uh, in, uh, investigating various people who were involved. And I, it turns out, <laughs> not like that. Um, it turns out that I spent about three hours thinking that Trent Reznor did some of the sound the, the sound of the music for this. It's not true. Mm. It's the Google Dolls guy who's someone else with a Z in the name. And that's yeah. how easy it is to Trent get. Trent Reznor's from Nine Inch Nails. And yeah. he did the music for Soul, I think. Shut up. Yeah, I think. Uh, Pixar Soul. No, I don't think. No joke face. I don't I genuinely. You'd think they'd get like a jazz or blues. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? I don't know if that guy is, to be honest. I don't know. But... It's not industrial music. Yeah, no, it's very much not uh, jazz. But yeah, oh. he did the, him and someone else. But yeah, I'm I'm really sure. I'm, I'm yeah. It might. It does. Now that I'm saying it out loud, it sounds like a lie. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails did the soundtrack <laughs> to Pixar's jazz epic Soul. <laughs> That's the other thing we should mention, since we mentioned last night. Normally. We, we plan around the podcast because we're going to be drinking all day and stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know how much you drank last night, but we were up talking uh, until five. Well, you were on the hard spirits. I was just on the occasional. I was nah, you were writing seven beers. You were working. Yeah. I wasn't. I got through many, many a, a delicious liquid. <laughs> so I'm already, I don't think I've sobered up fully from yesterday is what I'm saying. So mm. uh, I'm starting this. And from what you've said, it seems like the beginning of this movie is going to be hardcore. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance that after 10 minutes of this film, I'm going to be just completely Blue. out of it. Yeah. I'm trying to think what it reminds me of. It's like frog spawn or something. It's going to be a wild ride, guys. Mm. All right. Uh, anything to say? No, we will be seeing you after the film where we will be slightly more intoxicated than now. Yes. So yes, we're going to go and watch Treasure Planet and the next time we see you, if you're on the YouTubes or listening to the podcast, 
uh, we will have watched the film and we'll be drunky monkeys and we will do our best to come in with all the facts and figures and little bits of trivia. Oh, I do want a bonus fact before we get started from you. Have you heard the boy band? Because you're good at boy bands. I am good at boy bands. BB Mac. <laughs> so I ended up, I've watched some of their stuff on YouTube. Of course you have. Um, so they uh, released, there's two songs in this that the guy that's not Trent Reznor wrote. Okay. Um, the, the Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, yeah. John Resnick is his name. Right. Uh, so BB Mac covers one of the songs, and it got into the charts. Uh, apparently, they they I think they must have had um, their uh, whatever you call it. Their thing was Disney owned because they opened for Britney Spears's tour. They performed oh, wow. at Disney okay. Epcot for the Disney Channel in concert, and appeared on Even Stevens, if you remember that. The, I do. The uh, Shia LaBeouf <laughs> made famous Disney thing. They were in the Princess Diaries. Uh, they put a track in that. They also did a cover of Do You Believe in Magic for Peter Pan 2, The Return to wow. Neverland, which I think was released the same year as this. Film. Okay. So um, so there you go. B.B. Mac all over the shop. And if you like B.B. Mac, 2021, uh, there's uh, <laughs> they've released nine B-sides. This year. Wow. They had B-sides. <laughs> they had A-sides. Yeah. They had all the sides. So there you go. There's your BB back. BB, BB back. BB got back knowledge. Wow. Um, that's a little bit. I, I will tell you straight up that is so many more BB Mac facts than I was expecting to receive today. I go deep. <laughs> now I don't come out. Now, now, now I never need to mention them again because mm. they don't even sing the song in the, in the film. It's the Goo Goo Dolls guy that sings it. The guy that's not Trent Reznor. <laughs> and I know that boom dum how. That's one of the songs that Ronan Keating ruined. Oh. Yeah. Well, at least he's not a Tory. How do you know? I looked at his tax. All right, okay, there you go. Ronan well, Keating officially he's, he's okay. Not that, that guy. He's not Gary Barlow, yeah, is what you're saying. You don't like what you're right, yeah. Barlow. <laughs> well, we've not done the podcast in so long. Mm. So it's turned into lots of facts about BB Mac and you. <laughs> angrily using a stitch hat to berate Gary Barlow, who for our American friends was the lead singer of Take That, which was like our um, new kids on the block, I guess. Mm. But it turned out he was a, um, I don't know how we could describe it, tax dodging bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he's got nothing to do with this film. No. This is going to be great. So well, we... uh, yeah, let's go, let's go watch the film. All right. Let's go watch it, watch it. Uh, we will see you guys real soon. Back in a second. It's a tingle hopper. Welcome back. We have just watched the film. I'll bring it out here, you know, because... Uh, oh, oh so that, was, that was soggy. I forgot my soggy. Oh, bag. no, yeah, the we'll soggy. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. We just watched Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet, everybody. Available at all good universes. Yeah. Um, what did you think? That's the first time you've seen that. That's the first time I've seen it. I loved that. Um, I really loved that. I, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, because you've got to put it in, in, in with all the other. So first of all, I'm, I'm a little bit drunk because the we'll, we'll talk about the drinking rules in a moment. Mm. Uh, but yeah, one of them in particular didn't go so great my way. That's true, and apparently it's my fault. It's nice said, to see you accepting responsibility. I said, you know, that's an important that means, thing to me. That means nothing to you. Uh, so yeah, I loved it. I, you've got to compare it to other films that I didn't see at the time so i don't have nostalgia for mm -hmm. um so watching them as an adult can can go one of two ways 
and then you've got to put it in perspective of the other films that were around at the time. Of course, this was released the same year as another Disney animated classic in Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. Which um, you also hadn't really seen or you thought was rubbish. I'd camera. seen, but yeah, I didn't really care that much for it, I thought. You were young yeah. and reckless when you watched it. Mm-hmm. Now you're old and wise. And I am all wise and buy Stitch hats from my friend Ross. Yeah. But yeah, how did you feel watching it, watching it back after... Um, 72 years no I'd, I've, I've watched it since it came out mm-hmm. because obviously I've got it on DVD I just mm-hmm. haven't seen it in the last few years so I couldn't remember particular details do you need another beer by the way? I'm alright thanks then. because I've drank a lot of space grog yeah well let's talk about that first how was space grog? I thought it was quite tasty I think it was one of the better cocktails we've made it was really nice this was a, so um, if you didn't know earlier I've talked about a little slimy thing the, uh, the, the flying saucer things yeah, were a mistake. Don't let them float around in your bed. So we didn't know what to do with them, as we knew we wanted them as a garnish, but we didn't know how they would manifest. Jones and, uh, on garnish. And <laughs> what I said at the start was, "What the really rubbish Hell's Kitchen yeah. episode <laughs> is risotto, but garnished <laughs> with flying saucers." So, Treasure Yo. Planet. Mm-hmm. Let us begin. I saw that film. In the past. <gasps> yeah, I know. It's set in the present. Bum, 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 bum. Let's go back to 1883. Shit. Yeah. Is yeah. that when Robert Louis Stevenson wrote Treasure Island? Yeah, well, technically, apparently, it was uh, 81, 82, it was serialised. But then it was turned into a book, which was released in 83. The original book okay. was called The Sea Cook, A Story for Boys. That's what it was. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we've come uh, a long way. Yeah. We've, we've just got rid of that bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah. So, so there it was. It was lovely. Wait, so was John Silver always a cook? Yes. <gasps> well, he's not always a cook. He's he he pretended to be a cook to get onto the boat. That's so fucking cool. I just assumed that was entirely made up for no, the No, there's film. a lot of that film which is really accurate. Even some of the scenes are from the book. Wow. They've, they've really they've done it really well. There's wow. there's changes. So uh, in the book, uh, his dad dies at the start, but he's already had fatherly contact with his dad his dad mm-hmm. dies when he's um, a teenager so it's, right, not, right. it's not a big deal is it yeah, yeah get over it get, yeah <laughs> uh, so they, they made that they deliberately made that a thing because his dad's gone away so he's got dad issues whereas yeah. in the book he doesn't really he's kind of okay. um, just lost a parent mm-hmm. uh, so there's a bunch of different film adaptations mm-hmm. uh, the ones that I've thought are relevant vaguely for this uh, there's one in 1934, which is the first... Um, that was the first example of that accent, isn't it, as a pirate? No, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. That's 1951. 1934 was the first audio, the, the film with audio, but obviously black and white. Mm-hmm. The reason I mentioned that one is because uh, there's an actor called Wallace Beery, uh, who John Silver, uh, like, if you look at his performance, he, like, talks out one side of his mouth. He's kind of like yeah. a, a kind of melted man, which is yeah. that, that John Silver mm-hmm. thing that you were saying that you really loved his character design. Mm-hmm. So that comes from a 1934 adaptation. In 1950, mm-hmm. I mean, there's been loads. Uh, like, basically, <clears throat> if you've got a favourite actor from the past, like Orson Welles or, um, you know, anyone like that, there will be a version of Treasure James Island. Mason. James Mason, I think he was. Yeah, he's yeah. probably done one. Yeah, whether it's radio or TV or film. So yeah, in the 1950s, Disney did one, and it was Disney's first ever fully um, real, it, uh, no animation in it whatsoever, mm-hmm. for, what, what you call it? I've written it down. Fully live action film. There mm-hmm. you go, that's what I'm trying to say. 
which starred Bobby Driscoll as Jim, Jim Boy, Jim Lad, Drink, Drink, Drink. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, yeah, so Bobby Driscoll was also the voice of Peter Pan in the original Peter Pan oh, animated, okay. and he was the voice of um, one of the characters in Song of the South, which we don't talk about, but we will. We will. <laughs> point. Uh, so there we go. Like, let's stop there uh, to talk about the choices, the drinking choices. Sorry, I, I jumped ahead there. No, no, it's totally fine. Talking about Jim and Long John Silver. Do you want me to tell you why he's not Long John in this? Yes. But he is in the book. Apparently, in pirate days, not just pirate days, uh, boat, boat days, boat days, when everyone had a boat. <laughs> yeah. Remember when everyone had a boat and now they're all got fidget spinners. <laughs> What's happened with the world? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, in the olden days, you would get the the addition of long, so you could be long Miko. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> but you get that that would be a reference to the fact that you were stranded or your your boat uh, something happened that was bad and you had to eat human. You meant you were a cannibal. Yes, which was a lot more regular back then when you were on a boat in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, or yeah, stranded yeah, yeah. On an island. I ain't judging. I'm just yeah. yeah or your friend died and you're like, there's free meat. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And then so they'd be like, that's Long John thingy. And then everyone mm-hmm. would be like, oh shit, that's a hard ass. Mm. Bastard, that guy, because they ate mm. human. Because mm. that's why it's called long pig. What's well, not why it's called long pig? But you, you know the term long pig? No. <laughs> human is called long pig, because apparently we taste a lot like pig. Um, so that's where the long comes from in pirates' names, or in, if you see anyone's name is long. Not nowadays, because nobody does it anymore. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, we certainly don't put it. In front of my friend Long Sean. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Don't sleep though. <laughs> So they got rid of Long for his... Um, so, so yeah, our um, drinking rules were I got uh, John Silver and you got Jim. Jim Jimmy Savile. Did you Jim, say that like Jim we picked Boy. out of a hat? What really happened was I asked if those names were roughly equal. No, you you got really... Um, you got bored really quick because I was naming all the characters. Yeah, and I was like, like right, this is irrelevant. Down. How many of them are we going to use? Yeah, which are the two of the main ones and which one do you want? And I went, right, I'll go for John Silver. And you went, right, cool. You're overstepping that's some that's points that's and cool. I'm going to be editing this. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going to skip back right now to the point where I said, like, are they roughly equal or do we need to include more characters on one side of it? And you said... Can we just split between Jim and John? And yeah, 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 I guess okay. so, yeah. I don't know, because maybe they, they never say John's name. But Jim's the main character, and John is the secondary uh, okay. influence. Something along the lines of... Yeah, yeah, they're pretty much equal, I think. And, oh, by the way, I'll take John. <laughs> you're, you're, you're suspiciously quick to be like... I think they're about equal, but I also definitely know which one I want. I don't remember it. Yeah. So yeah, that was the most. Uh, that's that's the most uneven. Our rules, our names. I, I to be honest, I did been. not realize how often. Like, I'd like to see a number. I wish I'd got. That. It's a like, lot. If I'd known that in advance, I would have won. I would say that was over fifty. That might be a, like maybe a, over sixty. Yeah, like a record for films. I don't know. Yeah, like Jim, Jim, yeah, yeah. Jim, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, Jimbo. It was really crazy. Hi there, everyone. Future Miko here. I did actually look this up, and <laughs> yeah, it wasn't close. So it turns out John Silver is never once in the entire film referred to as John. The name John isn't said in the entire script. Silver is said nine times. Some version of Jim or Hawkins is said. 
86 times. Yeah, like uh, some of the people in the in our community in the Discord were mentioning, like uh, uh, Todd from Fox and the Hound was said quite a lot. I remember Robin was said a lot in Robin Hood. Um, yeah, there's uh, when we did Lion King and we got too drunk. Mufasa was one of the reasons why. Um, but yeah, I think I think that might be a a record. It certainly feels like it right now. Yeah, Ariel. Ariel was uh, really big, but the but we balanced Ariel because you had to pick three other names. So it was either Ariel or you had like Triton, Ursula, and Flounder. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I don't think that would have even worked here though because there was just so many gyms that you there were so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that big, basically, any other name. Yeah. Uh, versus Jim, I think. Yeah, I, I genuinely think that would probably be the only way to make it fair. I think morph maybe. <sighs> Maybe Morph, like Morph and Ben both had their little moments. Hi everyone, Future Miko here again. In case you were interested, Ben is said 16 times, Morph is said 42 times. So if you did Ben, Morph and Silver, adding his nine times, that would make uh, 67 drinks, which is an obscene amount, but at least gets you closer to Jim's uh, 86. Uh, so s some of the drinking rules didn't really work. They didn't really say, as you expected, Ethereum very Ethereum, much. yeah, because I knew that that was the kind of thing they were going for, was mm. like, they'd go like, here's the thing, get over it. Like, yeah, they're not going to be like, oh, space, you want to know more about yeah, the science? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like Star Trek. We're like, oh, you want to know how the, the machine works? Oh, mm. we'll show you. Like, yeah, it yeah. makes it work for then blah, blah, blah. They're just like, Ethereum. I really budget. like that, though. I, I, I like that as well. I've always said that with like watching B movies. I don't mind buying into a ridiculous premise if you ask me to, mm. as long as you're then consistent with. It. Like we talk about this all the time, like with world building. As long as it's consistent within the world, I think we should have had the word pirate. Um, yeah, that would have also killed you, but um, but yeah, because treasure was good. Treasure was good. Treasure um, was a, a a perfect drinking rule because there was moments where it was said multiple times, and then we saw it. And then there was like, you know, 20 minutes where we didn't hear or, or see from it at all. Yeah. So that, that was a really good drink. I love to see the old classic Disney's getting used, the um, um, mm. distant or missing parents, because yeah. that's fundamental for his character. Mm. And, it, and yeah. I think in that one, it really works. Whereas yeah. in the other Disney films, sometimes it's like, it's just because they don't want nah, to... I couldn't be bothered it. drawing the parents. Well, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what they look like. Well, it's more like, uh, oh, the parents are probably phoning asking where you are right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is kind of fundamental to his journey and his, mm -hmm. uh, his addic not addiction, but his mm -hmm. fascination with uh, John Silver is, is mm -hmm. fundamentally tied into everything. So it's mm -hmm. really cool. So, right, we're going to Robert Louis Stevenson quickly before we get into the actual... Animation. Robert Louis Stevenson, shall I go with what I know first? Yes, good Scottish boy, good Edinburgh boy. Robert Louis Stevenson's a Scottish author of books and such. Uh, and he wrote Treasure Island, mm -hmm. as well as Jekyll and Hyde. Mm -hmm. um, those are his two big, yeah, those are his two big hits, his big hitters. Mm -hmm. But he did also do Kidnapped, as has uh, come up on our channel. Absolutely amazing. Um, it's apparently a very good book, I don't know anything mm -hmm. about it. But it's, uh, it's it's come up on the channel a few times, so it's kind of a, mm. a, a meme joke within our uh, Twitch community. But uh, yeah, beyond that, uh, did he have any other big ones that are missing? Uh, no, not so much. I mean, we were Hermiston. He did other things. But, well, first of all, something to connect to. I don't know if this is morbid. I've been told that I'm very morbid, and I apologize. <laughs> I really like last words, people's last words. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. So Walt Disney, uh, famously, his last words were... Freeze my head and bury me under the castle, you cowards! Also, I hate the Jews! <laughs> None of those things. 
Um, <laughs> Walt Disney's last words were uh, Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. which was his great last words. Like I'd want them. So anyway, Disney. Walt Disney's last words were uh, Kurt Russell, and Robert Louis Stevenson's last words was "Does my face look strange?" Which I think is quite a quite a cool one. I like mm-hmm. that. He was trying to open a wine bottle. He was, uh, and then he, and he, The he last was, thing he did before dying was try to open a wine bottle. Fucking Scottish Scot- boy. <laughs> Good old Scottish boy. And then he asked his wife, does my face look strange, like weird? And then, and then that was him in a coma and just died. I thought that was quite cool. That's great. Um, but yeah, so he has links to Moana in a weird way, not Moana particularly, but in general. But um, he, he traveled a lot. He was quite ill most of his life. Um, he spent a lot of time in Hawaii. He moved to the Samoan Islands. Wow! And he okay. um, he actually helped the Samoan people fight European and American influence. So maybe this would be like zombies or something. I don't they know why. Like, zombies, like, yeah. He helped the Samoans fight the zombies. No, it's it's really cool. He um, he didn't like the way that European and American influences were uh, were were happening. He was like, "You guys are cool." Like be cool. So he, mm. uh, so he earned the love of the people apparently. So wow, um, that's cool. He had he wrote his own requiem, which is a really cool poem, which I'd not rethink, but you can go and see it. It's it's great, um, and it's they uh, they translated it, and now it's a Samoan song of grief because they loved him so much. So his last things. That is so cool. It's really cool, and there's a street in Hawaii named after his Samoan name, which is uh, Tusitala, which means writer of stories. So you can, oh, you go to Hawaii and there's a Robert Louis Stevenson That's so cool. It's called Tusitala Street. Our Scottish brother was a Polynesian legend. Yeah, that is they, awesome. I loved him. So there you go. There's a little wow. bit business about him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was all kind of vaguely connected because we've been doing, yeah. you know, we did Moana and mm-hmm. um, yeah. All right. Did now it? we get to this film. Well, we don't get to this film. We don't get to now. The film came out in 2002. We go back to 1985. Where so Musker almost... and Clement first decided they wanted to make yeah, a hundred and two years after the Treasure book was Island written. in space. Yeah. yeah, did they always want it to be in space? Do you know? Yes. Wow. Yeah, they were like this. this so was that a unique idea, or did this concept already exist? I don't know. It feels Treasure like a, quite a space. like you put like here's a classic book, Moby Dick. In space. in space, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't sound like that that difficult a thing. Yeah, so originally they did a pitch where uh, one of the other pitches they did was Little Mermaid and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But this was during the production of Black Cauldron, which, as we know, almost destroyed Disney. Disney yeah. had to shrink its animation department down because it was such a failure. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, we want to do this," um, and they were like, "Well, no, but go and do." Basil Great Mouse Detective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, Basil Rathbone did a version of Treasure Island on radio. Who's uh, if you, you watch, love Basil Rathbone? I do. Everyone loves like you just go and watch a Basil Rathbone thing. He's great. Uh, you can go check out our Basil the Great Mouse Detective mm. episode for more Basil Rathbone yeah. goodies. Um, so Basil Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, so Basil the Great Mouse Detective, they mm-hmm. did that instead. Then in 1989, um, they directed The Little Mermaid, which they pitched originally in 85. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, uh, well, after Mermaid, they're like, well, let's do this. And they're like, no, do Aladdin. And they're like, mm-hmm. fuck's sake. <laughs> they didn't want to do any of those films. 
all of these classics, they mm. were like, can we not, can we please? They just wanted to make Treasure Planet. All yeah, they through. wanted to make this film. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, and then 1992, they pitched it again after Aladdin, but um, they were like, no, go and do Hercules. And yeah, this Hercules was, was the next one. Yeah. This was the point where they were like, right, we're going to do Hercules for you. They were they were such good boys. We're doing Hercules for you, but the next one has to be Treasure Planet. And I think by the time that this film found its way to cinemas, I think there was maybe two or three different heads of Disney went through. Right. And uh, I think that hurt it. The, the thing that, that didn't hurt it was the fact that it took so long that the technology became amazing. So that's what we get. This, like When you look at all of those things, it's so good, which we'll get into when we talk about mm-hmm. Um In fact, let's talk about it now. Three different things. <laughs> Traditional animation, mm-hmm. all of the characters. Mm-hmm. Andrew and stuff, yeah. All, well, almost, all except Ben. All except Ben, yeah. CGI, Ben is CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, John Silver's arm, eye, and leg were CGI. Right. With the rest of him, like, can you imagine trying to No, animate? it sounds a fucking nightmare. What they did, which you can see on YouTube, is um, to test if the CGI would work with real animation, they got out of the archives footage of uh, Captain Hook from Peter Pan. So okay. you can see this on YouTube, it's great. And they, they, it's Captain Hook with a cyborg arm. Oh, wow. And it's, it's only like 10 seconds or something. It's a, um, That's so cool. I think it's a scene where he's telling Smee to go and get uh, Tinkerbell or something. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's the original animation but from the CGI film. His arm. But yeah, but with him going, you dead, you dead, which is really cool. And they were like, oh, this works. And then the, the third thing that they did was deep canvas. Uh, they're called deep canvas technology, mm-hmm. which they um, initially created for Tarzan, which you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know that bit where he's sliding around the tree yeah, branches? Yeah. So as far as I can make out from watching the stuff that I've watched, what it is is a computer animator person will create a whole background. like. Mm-hmm. What to me looks like wireframe, but I'm sure it's more complicated than that. But I'm just going to say wireframe background with all of the bits that can be interacted. Then they send that to a, a character animator, um, you know, your traditional animator, who can then move the camera to the point and be like, all right, here's my character, and then draw it from that point of view, draw it from all the points of view. Mm-hmm. So the character is looking, uh, is mm-hmm. interacting with the scene, and sometimes, you know, with say Tarzan when he's touching a tree. They'll do like the leaves or the, the whatever yeah. the, the crap is that comes off it. That's all animated. Then they send it back to, I suppose, the technicians and then the um, the background animators. Mm. And then the background animators just have to need, uh, color in the bits of the uh, environment that's mm. on display. So it's not all animated, the background. So it looks almost like um, that kind of era video games. Mm. Like it looked like there was a... A 360 degree environment almost made and the camera was moving around it which obviously is very different to how normal an- animation looks yeah but if, with, um, with this if, if we if we had the choice to move the camera then we'd go around the back of the trees and they wouldn't have uh filled in the back of the trees and, and then once the uh the painting of the whatever the background is so the reason they did that was because the, obviously the ship was almost entirely you know, it looks, we just go CGI, but it wasn't that. It was CGI, but it was all painted uh, traditionally. Right, right. But you could go in and, and look around. It's amazing, so yeah. It's it really, really crazy very, stuff. Very, very cool. I, and I think that's probably the most ambitious 
like wow i keep saying that there's, there's always more ambition isn't there but um the combination of these three things yeah i would have hated to worked on this film <laughs> yeah well the um the producer one of the producers ron conley i think his name is estimated mm. there was 1027 crew members worked on this what 400 artists and computer artists. 1,000? Yeah. 150 musicians worked on this and 200... Uh, not just Trent Reznor. <laughs> yeah, not just Trent Reznor from... Uh, Cuckoo Dolls. Yeah, I think that's why part of the reason why maybe we'll get into the whole conspiracy theory about this, this thing. Yeah, I'm excited to hear this conspiracy theory. Yeah, there were 16 animators for Jim Hawking and 12 for John what? Silver. So, uh, yeah, there was, uh, I think, John Ripper, I think is the name, the su supervisor for Jim Hawking, um, mm -hmm. who directed Raya the Last Dragon. Did he really? Yeah. So Jim Hawking. Awesome film that you should all go I've and not seen see. It yeah, and then John Silver. Yes. The, uh, the guy responsible, the supervisor, animation supervisor. Our old friend Glenking. Yes, I genuinely yeah. I didn't know that I got, I got a vibe. Mm. I'm so happy I get that. It's probably my biggest Disney nerd, nerd moment yeah. ever. Is that I recognize? Because I remember when we were watching the a film, supervising we like, animator, it's really well animated. Mm. Yeah, I, mm, that's really funny. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea of that. I'm mm. very proud of that. And when, well, proud, ashamed. I'm not sure. Proud that's of my, my Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> so who voiced? John Silver because mm. it was an Irish accent, but it wasn't a perfect Irish accent, so I'm guessing they weren't Irish. But it like it was oh, it, it yeah. worked for the character, but because uh, it was kind of an amalgamation of there was a bit of Scottish and a bit of English in there, it worked. But I it clearly wasn't their natural voice, so I, I couldn't figure out who I it was. But I thought they did great. Thank you very much for for reminding me because you mentioned that the um, the accent. In the 1950 Disney film, the, the 1950 Disney film of Treasure Island was really in, in influential for the idea of pirates in general. Yeah, it, it was the one that invented yeah, the so, farmer pirate. Yeah, Long John oh. Silver, that actor who I can't remember, but you know, he's on the Google, so you can check him out. But yeah, he came up with that, and it's the yeah the the kind of yar. West Coast yar yar. Yeah, me combine harvester and me black pearl. And that hadn't been done before, and then yeah. suddenly everyone's doing it, and then all pirates come from the West Coast of like Cornwall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Very weird. Uh, the other weird thing, like cutlasses, uh, in, from that mm -hmm. film because they got their cut their swords delivery from like a I can't remember exactly the story, but it's really stupid. It's like they got a cheaper thing, so everyone just had cutlasses. Which isn't what pirates use. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, uh, but but now cool. everyone just assumes they go, Oh, I'm a pirate! And it's, <laughs> and it's from Disney's 1950s version of this. <laughs> that's great, I Which is so stupid. Uh, but yeah, the, the guy that played him um, never really had a strong TV or film career. He was a theatre actor. Mm -hmm. um, the only two uh, characters in this that they had already figured out they pretty much written for them was Emma Thompson and Niles from Frasier, <laughs> who I should probably give his proper name, David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, didn't care for it. Oh, I, I had his moments, but I just it just didn't seem. Do you as... know what? I really like him. Yeah, I thought he uh, did well, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I felt like that character had more of a disconnect from the movie than some of the other ones, which is often how I feel about these uh, when you get celebrities. Into do voices basically 
Mm-hmm. Um, but and the, this one was in from. I think he's got a natural voice. Like, yeah, it, 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 the the part perfectly fit him, but I don't think that was the best way to do the part. Mm. I think that character could have had much of the same things, but could have fit the story better, more seamlessly, if they weren't tweaking it to get him in. I, I like the way you thought that he was, my, when I said there's a Jar Jar character in this, you know, like, oh, is it him? And then, no. The Fari Boy. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you know, you thought. Yeah, I thought the Fari Boy yeah. was the Jar Jar character. Yeah, there's Ben. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to Who we didn't meet until like four said, fifths of the way yeah, through the film. Yeah, now we're into the film. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was interesting. Which was probably a way of avoiding him getting too annoying. Maybe I'm not sure. Uh, well, he it, well, again in the book Ben, ben Gunn, I think the character's name. They find him on the island and mm. he helps them get some threats. It's like the same thing. Mm. So they, um, but he wasn't supposed to have got so much. Uh, I'm surprised at how much screen time is because Martin Short who plays him. Um, improv so much. Oh, is it Martin Short? Yeah, yeah, they did that thing where they let a comedian. I was trying to figure out who it was, and then I decided to stop. Because mm. you know that way where it kind of takes you at the moment because you're too busy trying to place yeah. the voice, oh, yeah. and then when you yeah. do, you're not as invested in the character. Um, they were clearly going for a Robin Williams genie yeah. type vibe. Well, they did exactly um, the same thing that they did in Aladdin, which was this right. let them go and rip. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, we're going to keep all Just get an all-time comedy great and yeah, yeah and, and, and let them go. And I don't know if it works. So, uh, it doesn't, I don't, it I don't work think it's that level, but I I mean, you're, you're, talk, you're, you're talking comparisons to the, the GOAT. Like, that is the best example of comedic voiceover acting probably ever right like it's at least going to be in the conversation mm. you might be able to think of other ones that might be up there with it but no one's going to write a list of the top five comedy animation voiceovers ever and not include robin williams as a genie so to even to even stand on that 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 tier is mm. is an absolute huge compliment and i i thought ben was really good i didn't think it was annoying uh, I thought they were funny. I thought it was animated really well. What was crazy is um, they, uh, he, his was the only, obviously, um, fully CGI animated mm-hmm. character. And then they had to render it flat to yeah, with everything to fit in the world. So yeah. was, As I said to you before, I don't know if we're recording at the time, I think that would be my one criticism of the, the film. I don't think all of that works as smoothly as they were hoping it would. Maybe because we we spoke with some people in the community and they didn't notice some of the things I noticed. So maybe it does work completely smoothly for most people. Mm. And I just was looking for those things, maybe because I knew they were there anyway. Um, But yeah, I felt very much like it was layered. And so I felt like I I could see how the pie was made. Do you know what I mean? I think whenever they put CGI next to traditional animation, especially at this era... Well, again, like say there's there's the, so I mentioned King Kong earlier, where like how the effects and that aged really badly, really quickly, and then you look at something like Casper the Friendly Ghost or Jurassic Park, which were made a decade beforehand, um, and still hold up today. Like sometimes there's a bit where you're being too experimental, and and it just it ages because we we get better at it, um. I think if you look at something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm. 
uh, that works brilliantly. It's animation in real life, but they'd been doing animation in real life for so long that they'd kind of perfected it at that point. So even that film was made in, what, the late 70s? Early 80s? Like, it was it was a long time ago. Is that not the only film where Disney and Warner, and Warner Brothers, Brothers yeah. were, allowed themselves to touch? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you see Donald and Daffy Duck and Mickey and Bugs Bunny. Yeah. It's good. Good, it's a good film. If you haven't seen Hoover and Roger Rabbit, but the the way they mix the live action and animation is is perfect. And I think in this, when you're mixing different styles, I don't think it was as smooth. Again, maybe it's just because I've watched too many animated things for a grown man. Yeah, you need to stop. <laughs> But yeah, I, I felt like there was there were certain moments where I was like, I can see where that was a separate thing that you put in and then you added that bit on, and um, and that kind of took me out of it a little bit. But I didn't care. That's the most important thing, though. That's what we should focus on. I didn't care because if we were to com- if we were to rank all of Disney's animated classics based on uh, animation accomplishment, right? either through innovation or execution, I don't think this would rank that high. Other than having the goal to be like, let's do three different animation types in one thing. Yeah, but it's like saying, let's make a, like in Friends, where they make a trifle with meat. Like, it's it's, it's jelly, it's custard, it's meat. Like, you you tried something, but it doesn't work. So, yeah, I, I think in terms of animation, uh, execution I don't think this stands up with the elite in Disney's back catalogue however as we both know that doesn't really matter you could get uh, an, a, an animated film that was made by two people in a on a shoestring budget but if the heart is there and the character is there and the like and the key moments are delivered in the right way then none of that matters. So that's that's why I don't really care because I th- felt like I really cared about the characters. I really liked them. I really liked the story. I liked the vibe. I liked the whole, like it sold me so quickly on the, we're going on an adventure. And I was like, yeah. Mm. And that's really hard to do. Like so few films are able to just do that so quickly. Could you like, imagine if it was real space as well? You'd yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nah. They'd be like, right, here's the suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be rubbish. Exactly, yeah. Like, so they were, they were just so quick and successful at saying, here's a character. They like adventure. You like adventure. Hey, what about treasure? How did it get there? Who the fuck knows? Let's watch a movie. <laughs> like, well, yeah, actually, let's that go. goes back to the the intro. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was really, really good, really well done. Um, you might have noticed there was apparently a secret Mickey. I didn't see that. Never noticed them. No, but there was a secret. This guy. There was a Twitch. Yeah, Twitch. A Twitch. <laughs> there was a Twitch. Ah, we need to stream. <laughs> <laughs> There was a secret stitch. Yeah, there's a little stitch uh, toy on his in his shelf in the background when she was uh, she was chatting to him. Nice. Uh, but even just that whole that concept of like going, hey, it's a Disney film, and then this amazing voice who is uh, an actor who we'll get to later. But uh, 
Whoa, I love the mystery. Yeah, uh, him goes, there was a pirate and all that stuff. Uh, and then finding out that it's not the start of a Disney film we're watching, it's the start of a book that the kid in yeah. the Disney film is watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they cut to him being older, mm. and it's just all so well done. Like yeah. That. To sum up a character is so, so quickly, it's, yeah. it's so well done. It reminded me of Princess Bride almost a little bit, like just with the mm. having the story being read by a character that's... Uh, um, yeah, I, I really liked it. it. It got me in very, very quickly. I was very impressed at how quickly it got me ready for the adventure. Um, and like I say, I think there's lots of other films that try and do that and fail in that, or are aware that they need... Like, they're insecure. They feel like they need to do a little bit more. Like Atlantis is a good example of a film that I think wanted to do the same thing as Treasure Planet. Wanted to go, hey, here's your main character. They're going to find Atlantis. You think Atlantis sounds fucking cool? You're fucking right. It sounds fucking cool. Let's go find fucking Atlantis. And we'd be like, woo! But that's hard to do. Mm. And so they needed to have all this other stuff. Motivation. Who's the other characters? It was good. I get it. I sound like I'm shit on Atlantis. You know, you know me. I liked Atlantis. But um, I think this was better. Kind of similarities that they went different um, different ways with the whole steampunk. One went up instead of down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah the, the steampunk aesthetic, I think they both yeah. were doing that. It was interesting, like, yeah, Disney were like, we'll, well, actually, Disney, the corporation, I don't think they wanted to do either of those things. Mm. But they, um, they were like, yeah, we want to do sci-fi, but we can't do it like everyone else does it. So we're either going to do it like yeah. 1940s steampunky Jules Verne sci-fi mm -hmm. or we're going to do it this weird uh, kind of amazing way. Which brings me on to the 70-30 ratio, which is something that people say on the internet. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. And I don't boobs to bums. Is that what that is? You should have 70 boobs to every 30 bums. <laughs> 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 or your money back. Come to a restaurant. <laughs> This the new Hooters slogan, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so what they, they uh, Clemens and Musker put on this was uh, 70 to 30% ratio, which was 70% of everything should be old. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and, and in particular, they were looking at kind of uh, like oil paintings and mm. uh, old book uh, illustrations from mm -hmm. around, I think it's the Edwardian era mm -hmm. when the book came out. And then for every seventy percent thing, it looks like a boat. Yeah, thirty percent of it. It's turbo it, boosters. Yeah, and yeah give yeah. it those things, and they they kept that consistent in the the music, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. in all the design. So you know everyone's in these old old school outfits and stuff. But then occasionally, you know, there's even uh, Doctor Doppler. Uh, when he's like, "Oh, we're going to space," and he's in like one of those old, you know, yeah, the yeah, diving. Yeah. Old, yeah. really ancient diving things but it's got like slightly different so that was their way of being like we want to keep this grounded at all times like going back to the ethereum we're like we don't want to yeah, go to yeah. space no, nobody cares about space it's boring mm, it's like mm. it's thousands of years of nothing and it, uh, so yeah so 70 30 the music the sound design as well so um john uh, uh john silver's jay Mm -hmm. In our uh, Discord, uh, said a while back, I've been thinking a lot about the soundtrack. James Newton Howard did such an amazing job for the soundtrack to this movie. He did. I've got a thing about that. He did it in five months. Uh, the whole movie. Yeah. So Alan Silvestri was was uh, was uh, supposed to do it, 
but he left to work on Lilo and Stitch. Oh, okay. so and, uh, so James Newton Howard came in and did it in five months, and wow. obviously he was given the whole seventy thirty ratio, yeah, and also told like do a little bit Star Warsy, do a little bit kind of old school stuff. And I, I thought it was epic. I thought there was a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean in there. Obviously, this was before. I, I see. Mm. Obviously, I think this was before. It uh, is the real of Pirates. We've Caribbean. got more. We've got Pirates of the Caribbean. Coming oh, nice. Up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like uh, the the music was very. Um, Dun 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 Like yeah, there was yeah. uh, uh, during that opening segment that you were saying, like with the the the, the fights and the oh yeah, it was, it was very cool. Oh, that opening segment. I suppose while we're there, the um, the voice actor of the the pirate. What's his name? Um, John Silver. Screen. No, the uh, the Blake guy. What's his name? Blake. Uh, Flint. Oh, fl- oh, right. Oh, the, the yeah, the, yeah, the, the one that we were all yeah. talking about. That's uh, Peter Cullen. Okay, okay. Who is, um, as everyone knows, Optimus Prime. Everyone knows. I mean, he's on other things. Optimus Prime. Uh, that was terrible, but yeah. So yeah, um, 7030. Um, oh yeah, I was going to say the um, John Silver is like the, all the whirring little mechanisms and stuff. They went and found, they went to um, antique shops and places to find wind up toys mm. and little noises they didn't yeah. want to have any electronic stuff mm. so like if you've got the, the sound design of the film is all about that kind of realism not wow like so it's all taken from real mechanical sounds yeah that's fucking cool mm-hmm. that's really cool it's very cool uh james newton howard is one of jay's favorite composers well based on the one film i now know he's composed I yeah you'll, you'll have met him a lot yeah, yeah. It was another thing. Yeah, he was very good at this. Really, really like this. So um, let, let's talk about the writers, unless you want to say something. Yeah, no, let's go. Okay. Were the writers Musker and Clements, or did they just direct it? Was it written by other people? They directed it. I think they did write it. I've just skipped kind of uh, the, the other writers. Other writers, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the idea was them, mm-hmm. so, you know. So Rob Edwards, mm-hmm. he wrote The Princess and the Frog. Ooh, good. One of my favourites. Mm-hmm. He consulted on Tangled. Also very, very good. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph and Frozen. Oh, wow. Right, so they're in charge of the entire fucking... Um, what's that called? The, I was going to say the redistribution era. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> it's the Renaissance, the um, revival era. That's what it's called. Yeah. The revival era. Not the redistribution era. <laughs> <laughs> you get a frog and you get a frog we're giving everyone frogs back with apologies uh, Oprah's in charge uh, he also wrote two episodes of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air back in the day oh no okay yeah. there you go there uh, and he did, uh, he did some voice, voices in Princess and the Frog as well mm-hmm. so another writer of this um, was Ted Elliott who Ted was, Elliott yeah, Ted Elliott. You know yeah. Ted Elliott? Yeah, yeah, he just messaged me, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's he saying? Stop talking about me. I'm blushing. He said, um, don't miss out on the hottest shows near you with priority tickets wow. from O2. We're talking Swedish House Mafia, Rod Stewart, <laughs> Conan Gray, oh. Bianca Del Rio, Joe, Derry, and more. Hot singles in your area now, including Rod Stewart. <laughs> What a hobby. He probably is single again, isn't he? I have no idea. I don't oh, I'm phoning my voicemail. Shut up. Sorry. You were saying. That's all right. So, Ted Elliott. Ted Elliott. He yeah, just called just, me. He just called you. It's about Rod Stewart. And yeah. you're, you're busy. 
Um, he wrote Shrek. Of course he did. He also Best wrote, movie. He also wrote Pirates of the Caribbean. Right, okay. Um, he also helped, wrote Aladdin. When you say write, you mean screenplay? Do you mean uh, like... He's like got writer's credit. Dialogue, right, okay. So I don't know exactly okay, okay, the details. Okay. Um, Aladdin and he did the full Aladdin TV show. Oh, right. And then his writing counterpart, Terry Russo, did mm. all of the same, plus Godzilla vs. Kong, which we loved. Great film. There, he's better then. Yeah. He's the better. Yeah. He did all of that plus yeah. Godzilla v. Kong. And I, what I liked is Godzilla vs. Shrek, where Shrek's in it for like two seconds and gets, <laughs> gets destroyed. <laughs> just, just instant death for old Shrekky boy. Yeah. So there you go. There's some, some Shrek and Pirates of the Caribbean. So those two basically made Pirates of the Caribbean off the back of this. And um, people were saying, like, pirates aren't hot. You shouldn't do pirates here now, you know. And Pirates aren't hot. Yeah. And then Johnny Depp came out and just... Yeah, and then they did Pirates of the Caribbean. Slapped them all across the this. face, yeah. And I think Jim Hawkins was pretty damn hot. Oh, yeah. Um, is that, ooh, he, yeah, here's the thing. Ditto. You'd think, ooh, we've got Me some, too. we've got some weird little creature, right? Who are we gonna do the the voice? You're gonna you're gonna get Frank Frank, Frank Walker. Walker Velka. We're not gonna get him. Not gonna get him because he retired from credited roles mm. after Milan. Mm-hmm. Fun Disney fact. So who else are you gonna get? Tell you who you're gonna get. Jim Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, the uh, the guy the the guy the I'm really gonna, handsome guy. You're not gonna get this. Oh, okay. Uh, it was the sound designer himself. Oh, okay. Yeah, much yeah, much yeah. like uh, Lilo and Stitch, who the um, Chris Sanders director played Stitch. Mm. The sound designer did the voices did the voice noises for Ditto. Um, when you say Ditto, are you talking about Morph? Yeah. Why did I call him Ditto? Don't know, but you've done it that, so time. Yeah, many times. I think that might be a Pokemon thing. <laughs> I think I've done a Pokemon thing. That's disgusting. Retroactively, uh, pretend I, I never that. said, yeah, no. Uh, I'll fix it in post, Ross. Yeah, thank you very much. Fix it in post. Make me look good. So, uh, two pop songs written by the Goo Goo Dolls. John Resnick, not the other guy. Not Trent Reznor. Yeah. It's like reverse, I think, Mirror Universe. Do you want me to look up and see if Trent Reznor did do the music for Soul? Um, so there, there you go, Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor from Nine Snails. I was right. Good. Composed the score for Soul, the jazz movie. Oh yeah, I should say the Jim. Uh, Drink forevermore for the rest of my life. Um, at the start, he's a James Dean character who's like wearing really dark clothes and a leather jacket mm-hmm. and then over the course of the film he gets his clothes get lighter and lighter and then at the end of the film he's wearing he's white. naked he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's naked and crying yeah. like the rest of us uh yeah no so they did a little journey with his um with his outfits which is really cool that's very cool do you other film they did that with for loads i think that's a regular mm-hmm. thing right but i'm um or at least the one that's, I was going to say most famously, but the one that jumps to my mind is uh, Beauty and the Beast, which we've still never watched together. Ever. We don't, uh, no, we must no. have watched that together. Never? Shut up. Mm-hmm. You lie. No. I tell truth. How about now? <laughs> <laughs> but 
We never got to the Renaissance uh, together. Wow. Um, Ooh, interesting. Um, so, yeah, we've never done Beat of the Beast, but uh, Bells, they use red and blue as uh, colours of, of good and evil in that. And there's a, a transitional period where we see purple and stuff. Um, it's just great. It's lovely. Mm-hmm. All right, let me talk to you about a Scottish fiddler I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, so the uh, the last song there, which is called um, "Silver Leaves," which mm-hmm. is the um, the little happy bit at the end. Okay. Uh, Alistair Fraser, Fraser, I think, mm-hmm. is a guy who gets. Uh, some credit for being like co-writer or that. So he's a Scottish fiddler, which is uh, the old violin, if you will. A violin, but played awesome. Yeah, so it's fiddle. quite cool. Yeah. Um, so you can go and get uh, fiddle courses in Sky, Isle of Sky. From him? From him, yeah. Really? And he's also done... Uh, so We yeah, were in Sky! I know, we should have got fiddle courses. And we didn't. We should have gone to get fiddled by the guy from... He's a Clark Manon guy, and wow. he um, he also did, he's done loads of films like Last of Mohicans and Titanic. Like if you hear the, the the violin in Titanic or Last of Mohicans or this, it's him playing. Wow, wow. good old Scottish boy. It's all about the Scottish boys. Yes, yeah, so, I want to hear about boys. Yeah, we're gonna get into the voice actors here. So as I said earlier, there's two of the roles uh, they specifically wrote for actors. Mm. One of them was uh, David Heath. Hyde Pierce, which Nile. is Niles. Yeah, from, uh, they made that. And Emma from Frazier, they wanted Emma Thompson. She loved it. This is her first um, voice role. Really? Uh, yeah, and she she was like oh, it's amazing, wow. and also it's an action character, and she's like I don't get to play them. She absolutely smashed it. She yeah, one of my probably my favorite character in the whole movie she's emma she thompson a, is one of my favorite actors she had, oh yeah absolutely she was a great character she was phenomenal um we already because she's uh she's meredith's mum she's is it also her that's in how to train your dragon um she's great great actor great voice actor those two aren't always the same but she absolutely um can straddle yeah. that horse she was uh she was pregnant during this so i think the the mm. end uh, which is another thing we could talk about. So at the end, when they got the babies with Doctor Doppler and her, mm-hmm. so it's a little homage to her, like mm. kind of being pregnant during the making of this. But oh. also, um, the original screenplay had them acknowledging that the Doctor was the one that gave birth, but okay. Disney did not like that. They were oh. like, that goes against. You've got the Ethereum and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and they're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, but but it will creep children out if like a, a man is pregnant." So uh, they got right, rid of it, yeah. which is a bit of a shame. <clears throat> but, yeah, um, it is a shame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Hawkins, So the um, the guy at the beginning who's telling the story from the book. Mm-hmm. That amazing voice mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. the pilots came in. That's uh, Tony J. <laughs> With a question mark. Well, it's my writing. <laughs> it's my writing, so who knows? Um, he was the voice of Frollo from um, the, the wee boy with the humpback. Oh, Claude Frollo. Mm. 
the bad guy in. I was wondering. I was like, why do I recognize the name Frollo? I think it's Frollo. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Claude Frollo. Um, and then um, like he's done loads of voice work. Uh, and and you'd recognize Hellfire. him. You'd recognize him because he's been in loads of stuff right. and like. His, uh, and then, notably from Disney point of view, he was Shurkan in Jungle Book Two, which I think I mentioned. Um, yeah, he's not no George. Sanders. No George Sanders. Uh, the original, the original Mister Freeze. Uh, yeah, there, there was a few YouTube videos that I watched where they were like the the voice of uh, Shere Khan. I was like, no, he's not. Wait, hold on, is he? And then I was like, wait, is everything wrong? And I was going back through it, and I was like, no, he wasn't the original, but he is. Yeah, okay. The secondary, so that yeah, the original voice of Shere Khan, the greatest Disney villain of all time. Don't at me. Um, was voiced by George Sanders, who was also the original Mister Freeze in the Batman TV show, which is something I bring up just to keep Ross's attention if I'm talking about Jungle yeah. Book for too long. Patrick McGowan <laughs> um, is an amazing actor who you will know. Mm, of course, me and Paddy go way back. Uh, from The Prisoner, if you've ever seen The Prisoner, I don't is know. Is that the one with uh, Jake Jelly Billy Billy, uh, Jake Jellybean, and uh, Hugh Jackman? They might have remade Or it. Russell Crowe. I'm not know. sure. I don't know. They, they it's really it. long. There's a, a camper van and some kids. Someone ties someone up in a bathroom. Definitely not. No. Oh, yeah. What was uh, it no, called? The, the prisoner was a t- no. The prisoner was a TV show. Uh, really famous for being weird. So uh, Patrick McGowan is the guy who wakes up, and it turns out it's this like little idyllic village. I think it's in Wales or like an island. Mm-hmm. Um, he wakes up and he's got a number, and this is where the thing I'm 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 a human being. I'm not a number. That's where it comes from. Okay. He's just everyone just calls him number twenty six or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then there's a big ball, like, if he gets out of hand, uh, this big kind of inflatable ball comes and attacks him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's incredible, like, 60s television thing, really, really, really famous. And Can anyone figure out what I was talking about, please, and put it in the Discord stream chat? It's called Prisoners the Movie, released in 2003, with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. I remembered it. See, Jake Gyllenhaal being in, in uh, Wolverine. Yeah, you, 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 you Philistines don't know anything about 60s television. So. Yeah. <laughs> Michael McShane. You will know Michael McShane. He, from, was, a, he was a big... Uh, uh, improv. Yes. From, big fat uh, guy from uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes. Wow. He okay. was Hans, uh, but he was also in Bugs Life. He was in Robin Hood, the Kevin uh, Cosner Robin Hood, which we'll get to, and he was in Balto. Balto is m- my lady's favourite. Oh, really? Yeah. Our family watch that every year at Christmas. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Balto and Elf, those were their two films. Uh, Emma Thompson, we talked about. Um, apparently, she was also Miss Teapot in the live action Beauty and the Beast. I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but Emma Thompson's great, so yeah. that's cool. Martin Short, uh, on in this year, he was Ben in this. He was. See who? Uh, Mar- yeah, yeah, give us some Martin Short stuff because I think a lot of people listening to oh, yeah, this again, might not know old, who he is. I'm old, so, um, yeah, you forget that not everyone's as old as you. He was up there with Steve Martin and people like that, so he was in um, The Three Amigos. Yeah, he was from Saturday Night Live, uh, and he was a very successful comedy human in the, the 80s, I'd say it was this time. Yeah, Three Amigos was what, him, Steve Martin, and Chevy Chase? Yeah, uh, and then he was in um, Inner Space, where uh, What's-His-Face was injected into him, and it, oh, it was Never great. Never saw that. 
You've not seen In Our Space. Uh-huh. Oh. Missy has pointed out that Mar- <laughs> Martin Short played Jack Frost in the Santa Claus 3. Mm, well, we'll get to the Santa Claus 2. <laughs> Actually. Yeah, and that, this is all connected. <laughs> Michael Wincott, we'll go with that. The uh, the evil okay. crab hands boy. Yes. Yeah, so Robin Hood, uh, that's where I know him from, because uh, which oh, is so amazing. Uh, uh, the Robin Hood from the 90s with uh, Men in Tights Kevin it was the, the one before that that inspired that one Kevin Costner Kevin Costner yeah the, I'm Robin of Waxley alright you come from England boy yes yeah, I'm Robin of Waxley and this is my friend steal from the rich and give to the yeah, poor I this love, summer I loved that as a kid and um, as I said, Mike McShane was Friar Tuck in that film. Yes. So, yeah, we've got some other people, but uh, Bob Bergen, uh, who plays Porky Pig nowadays, he's the one that does... Roger Bumpus, who plays Squidward uh, these days. Uh, he's, he's in Shrek. SpongeBob! <laughs> I haven't seen SpongeBob in years. I've only seen a couple of episodes ever. So I don't really know what he speaks like. But I think he's... Does he have a voice like that? SpongeBob. No, it's more like this. Yes, SpongeBob. Like more down. Yeah. SpongeBob. Corey Burton. You were late again to work. Why do you think you'll grow up to be, SpongeBob? Um, we're too old to know SpongeBob. I'm sorry. I'm not that, that's the generational thing we are. I'm I'm young. I'm you're all vibrant. you're too old to do a lot of the things I'm you do. I'm full of fiber. You're not full of fiber. You've not pooed in weeks. Don't tell everybody. I can see it in your face. You got poop <laughs> up around your eyeballs. <laughs> it's a it's a challenging thing. Yeah. Corey Burton played Onus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Moliere. Remember the cool one from Atlantis? Yeah, I think he's the one that's uh, burrowing everywhere. That's the mole man. Yeah, Moliere. Or he's the... You refer to him as the cool one? Well, there's two cool I, I like, yeah, I like the cool He's not one, cool, yeah. though. Yeah, it's the either cool that one the or the explosion guy. guy. Yeah. I'm not sure which one Moliere is. Okay. Uh, we'll figure that out in the future. We'll anyway, do that in right. post. Wait, who did he, who did he play? Um, he, he played Onus in this, which is I think is the little eyeball guy that's oh, okay, 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 all okay. eyeball-y. Roscoe Lee Brown is who you're looking for from Mr. Arrow. Roscoe Lee Brown. Yeah. What did they do? Uh, he played Francis in Oliver and Company. It was the thing that I could find that we could relate to. Laurie Metcalf was uh, Jim's mum. You know Laurie Metcalf. You know Laurie Metcalf. Oh, I for the Peach Cobbler assassins. Yeah. Roseanne's sister from Roseanne. Is she actually? Yeah. Okay, and that's pretty close with Peach Cobbler Assassins. David Hyde Pierce, as you know, he was in Bugs Life, he's in Hercules TV series, and Osmosis Jones. Wait, uh, who's that? Uh, John Silver? Uh, David Hyde Pierce, the, the one the, that you already figured out. Oh, Miles. Mm. Okay. Niles, not Miles. Brian Murray played John Silver, uh, mostly theatre. He's in an episode of Pete, Person of Interest. So, Is he? Yeah, I'll need to check that out because that's something we love. The, uh, the 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 boat that they were in was called the RLS Legacy. RLS, I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. RLS standing for Robert Louis Stevenson, mm-hmm. and Legacy obviously standing for the word legacy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We talked about Stitch being on the bookshelf at the start. Yeah. 
Um, the contest between Jim and John Silver uh, with Morph in the middle, that was improv. Oh. Uh, because I think, I'm assuming that's because uh, young whippersnapper boy, what's his name? What's his Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Thank you very much. Too many names. Uh, he actually asked for the actor that was John Silver to be in the room with him because he couldn't act. Can we can we uh, just talk about how great he did? He did great. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, he, yeah. he really, I would have, if you told me that was no one had ever heard of and it was just a professional voice actor I would have believed you which is a huge compliment for people that aren't into the voice acting world like that that's mm. it's so often a hindrance uh, when there's a celebrity involved because they have a recognisable voice like with Niles from Frasier being in this sometimes you're just wanting the voice or sometimes you don't even care about the voice you just want the name recognition like we talked about with that game 12 minutes or whatever it was called oh, yeah. on it yeah. um Oh yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah, there's, a, there's a, a link there as well. Oh really? A okay. Vaguely. Um, but yeah, having uh, the ability to act a character when your face can't be seen, that's it's really difficult, and not everyone can do it. And I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt clearly put effort into it, and then mm. and I think did it really really well. I think him and Emma Thompson. Uh, which again, which made uh, your boy Niles stand out to me as kind of uh, not just not on that level, and I don't think it was their fault. I don't think they did anything wrong. I just think that Emma Thompson, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt came with that professional shit. They came in as voice actors, um, and sort of set that standard. Yeah. And so uh, that's that's how I felt. But yeah, sorry. Anyway, you carry on. You were saying. Yeah, so um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt asked to be in the same room as Brian Murray when they were doing the scenes because uh, he was young. He was like a little kid, like doing. I think I think it was doing Thirty Rock or no, not Thirty Rock. What's it? Third, Third Rock, Rock in the, the Sun, or was yeah that was in the middle of that or something. But yeah, oh, this is the first major feature film released in normal cinemas and in IMAX. Oh, for really? Yeah, I don't know if anyone cares, really. That's pretty cool, I care. Does anyone care about IMAX anymore? I, I've only seen one film in IMAX, and it was Mad Max Fury Road, and it was fucking baller. Mm. Like, I'd absolutely recommend seeing Mad Max Fury Road in IMAX. But would you have enjoyed it normal, Max? Probably, but not as much. Like, I, I definitely felt like... I was looking side to side and stuff. Like it, it did feel very immersive and very cool. Nice. But maybe I'm biased because I just I saw a really good film when I saw. What well, have you seen at IMAX? Because you must have gone to IMAX. You're I don't a nerd. see. I wouldn't notice if I did. I like. I think I I saw. It, um, I went to see a Harry Potter. Right. Uh, but all I remember is there was, it was too big. So you'd be like someone would be talking over there, mm. and then and then you have to look over there to and it would be like a two shot, mm. and it really annoyed me. I think right. that's all I remember. I don't. I, yeah. I don't know. It's it's like three D. I'm like just. You I hate three D. You're a big hater of three D. I hate three D. And I hate having to look at yeah, things in my face. Stuff happening. Go and watch uh, on Ross and Miko's YouTube channel. Ross and Miko will talk about Wreck It Ralph, which we went to see in three D at the cinema. Mm. If you want to hear more organic three D rants from Ross. Organic. So, um, this film lost. 79 million in the box office. Holy fuck. Yeah, it didn't do very well. And we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk about that and and, uh, and what we think about that in a moment. Okay. Um, ben sings the Pirates of the Caribbean song, uh, which you noticed. 
when he runs away. Yeah, so that's from the Pirates uh, Caribbean boat ride. In boat the theme ride, park. yeah. So yeah. this was like a a year or two before the actual film started. Yeah, even the Pirates Caribbean film only references that line once in the whole film because. You know, there were some questionable lyrics in that song, uh, which have changed now. But, uh, you know, they worked for pirates, but maybe not so much for a worldwide family attraction. Um, and they've added Jack Sparrow into the actual ride. Of course now. they have. Um, but if you if you're, were a fan of the original boat ride, as seven or eight people in the world were, um, it was basically it's a small world ride, but it had rum and pirates. But it was nothing super exciting. But people made the thing. But the there was lots of references to individual scenes. There's a, a they had an animatronics of like prison guards trying to get a, a dog that had the keys to the cell, mm-hmm. trying to lure it over with bones, which they have in the film. Yeah, and I loved that. Um, originally, Disney uh, signed up to co-produce this with an Italian animation studio called Rainbow SLR okay. because they'd made a spacey Treasure Planet TV show. Oh. And apparently they just went, now we're busy. Oh, wow. Okay. How weird is that? Disney goes, like, we don't want to step on your intellectual property. Do you mind? Do you want to hop on this? And they were like, nah, that's cool. Isn't that weird? It's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. Interesting. Interesting. All right, so Tom Cruise... Michael J. Fox, uh, Anthony Michael Hall, and Jared Leto, your buddy. Your buddy. Best joker ever. Uh, uh, they were all considered for Jim. Okay. Do you think their best boy got it? Uh, given his performance, I'd say, yeah. I, I, I think he... I... You know me, I, I think we're very similar. I don't really get super excited at the idea of celebrities voicing mm. characters in Disney films. I understand for smaller uh, studios, it's good to get name value in. I understand why Cartoon Saloon do it or uh, why uh, you know Studio Ghibli American redubs have done it. But yeah, I don't, I don't think you need to do it with Disney. I think you can just say, here's a Disney film and most of your money is going to come from young kids and the families that they drag with them to see it. And they don't really care who Emma Thompson is or Joseph Gordon-Levitt, for example. Um, so that's, I don't think it's necessary, but I think he did really, really well. And I think if you're going to get a celebrity person in to do it, which it seems like they were going to do regardless, uh, I think they did incredibly well. Um, I think there's people that are bad at doing it. There's people that do the job fine. And then there's other people that kind of blend into the background. And he did that in a good way. Like, he kind of was forgettable, almost. Like, which which sounds like a huge insult, but it's a huge voice acting compliment. Like, his character, the voice wasn't meant to... Like, it, it didn't stand out because it felt so natural. It's, it fit in with what was going on. Whereas, like, uh, the Nihilist character, every time he spoke, it felt like we were taken out of the movie and being put into his little scene of saying something weird and awkward does that make any sense yeah yeah i think a little bit um whereas i feel like yeah joseph gordon levis was very understated and very smooth and it, and it and it just worked so yeah i thought he did fantastic why did this film fail 
I think it's your fault. I mean, I did try really hard to make it fail. And there was a lot of you standing outside Cineworlds with Molotovs. Less of this. Yeah, that yeah. the sort of thing. Why did it fail? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting question, Ross. I would say that it was purely due to the time. It was... It was the fact that... Um, Disney had had its most successful period ever and the kids that were watching those films now grown up and weren't watching Disney films and they changed the formula less princesses more explosions right that was their whole thing for Atlantis um and they hadn't had the big return at the box office so people would just kind of expect there's like yeah there's a new Disney film out who cares um, so that that was why it was going to happen regardless of the film. I don't think it was anything to do with the quality of the film. Um, Would it shock you to your core mm-hmm. to learn it was the most successful of the Dark Age? No, Second Dark they Age. Um, were making a sequel and a TV show. No, not and at all. Not There's only were they doing that. There. Uh, the sequel, here's the story of the sequel. They were going to have... Um, Jim was in the Academy of Spacey People. Mm-hmm. And their fastest boat ever gets stolen by a guy, I think it's called Ironbeard, who would be played by Willem Dafoe. So yeah, Ironbeard was going uh, to steal this the fastest ship. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to get Jim to reconvene with John and they would all come back together to try and catch the ship. And then there was a, there was a whole exciting thing. Um, it was so in production that uh, your man was mm-hmm. 30 minutes away from coming in to record his first lines of dialogue. Wow. When they got the phone call to be like, this isn't happening anymore. That's how in production. Wow. They really, was. really were going for it. Yeah. That's crazy. So it's really crazy. And then also, yeah, the, the TV show as well was cancelled. And uh, so, yeah, this came out when uh, Harry Potter 1 came out. So, yeah, we're getting to the conspiracy aspect of this. Right. So you've been you've been teasing me with this a tease, for the longest. A tease. Look at my little tease. Yeah. Yeah. No. So the, the idea is... Tickling my scrum with this since we started this. They, they went through a whole bunch of different, like, uh, Katzenberger, uh, all mm-hmm. these people. Mm-hmm. I've changed, changed, blah, 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 blah. And then they, they put so much money into it. Mm-hmm. And this was when the money people was looking at CGI things like Shrek and being like, we need to get rid of these old farty artists and we need to uh, do CGI stuff. Yeah. And this was their attempt to be like, no, we're still important. We can look, we can do that with this and do that with yeah, this yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So what, what <clears throat> Disney did was they released this uh, in, this is a, like a summer film. Mm-hmm. They released it in November. They released it um, at the same November that they knew this is the, the same day Harry Potter number one got released. Okay. So, problems. Yeah. Uh, they also released it the same day as uh, another film they had, I think, uh, Santa Claus 2. 
Okay, okay, we talked about, yeah, you said Santa Claus was going to come into this. Yeah, so it's already going up against another Disney film. Yeah. It's going up against uh, that. So uh, what else have we got here? So Harry Potter, Die Another Day, right. uh, Solaris, Star Trek Nemesis, no one cares about it. Lord of the Rings 2. Um, basically, they could have held it off until, uh, but they didn't. They were just like, now we just throw it out. The, one of the YouTube guys that I watched, I think he summed up really well. It was like, this film got sent out to die. It's like, you mm. know, the, the gladiator things. Open yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, then, and then you've got Harry Potter 1 there that everyone's yeah. going fucking nuts about. You've got two guys that are owned by the, the, the same person that yeah, owns yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, you go and do that. You go and, uh, go and fight your corner. Wow. So, and they, they didn't promote it really well. Um, because, oh, yeah, because at that point, actually, Lilo and Stitch was being promoted more. So why would they do that though? Here's how we get to the conspiracy, mm. right? I, I see the conspiracy forming, which is basically that Disney didn't want it to do well. Mm. Why? Well, because they had promised these guys a sequel and a TV show. Mm -hmm. And the idea is they didn't want to do them. Oh. Yeah, they were like, we want to move on to CGI stuff. We want to move on to uh, what everyone else is doing, what Pixar is doing. Right. Uh, you're old school. We want to get rid of you. Because uh, a lot of the anime, all of these animated guys, although they have done stuff since, but some of the, in Disney, the only people, the old school animators are um, not employed in the film industry anymore. They're just right. doing wow. stuff. So it was kind of like a, Step down, you've done your business, thank you very much. Let's bring in the new people, kind of thing. Wow. Which is a horrible way to think about it. Yeah, for sure. Because this is these guys' lifelong dream of making this film. And they still do hand-drawn stuff. And they so tried like, so, so hard, yeah, to, to make their art part of the modern art and all everything in between. And, uh, yeah, and Disney were like, nope, didn't work, bye, goodbye. Really quick to get rid of them. And... Mm. Yeah, it's is a bit weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. To put it up against uh, again, it's there's so many departments. I'm sure it's a complete nightmare. The Disney fucking hierarchy and stuff. It's hard to. But yeah, I don't think their um, marketing department would. They're like, who do we focus on? And they're like Lilo and Stitch because they had they had Stitch, in, Stitch. In, in and even then that wasn't a huge success. No, no. But they had, they were doing like them and the Lion King and all kinds of stuff. And meanwhile, this was still coming out, and they were like, "Yeah, this is also a thing." Well, very interesting. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's interesting. Very weird. Hmm. And I think that concludes. Unless you've got any further uh, things to say. No, not really. Like I, I, I thought it was awesome. I thought some of the the visual differences stood out i think that watching it now with a a, a trained eye um it seems very apparent where they've been trying to experiment with different styles and i don't think it works too smoothly because it was experimental at the time mm. um but that would be literally my only complaint of the whole thing i like that they did the father-son thing um with uh, John Silver and Jim Hawkins. I thought that was really well done and really cool. I liked that they had uh, the pirate on the shoulder character of Morph. Mm -hmm. uh, I liked that there was so much of it lifted directly from the book. I would never have known that. And 
and yeah, I, I liked the very unique visual style of it. The fact that there are some characters that, like, say, are very, very detailed, and some that are incredibly basic. Oh yeah, we never There's... even talked about the fact that Jim and his mum are the only humans in it. Everyone else, yeah, is other, weird other creatures, in some way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and they're very, very basically drawn. And you look at the the other characters in the background. Some of the side characters are equally basically drawn. They look like they're like a, a third draft rather than a final copy. Um, and then you've got other ones like Kroon that are very well realized and conceptualized. But like that guy that was a you know a tentacle beard separate from the oh, body yeah, two thing, different, two yeah. different people, and um, really basically drawn. Like not to Disney standard, in my opinion. Like the character design is really cool and, and it worked. And I don't want to get hung up on it, but in terms of, yeah, like animation standards, it was just really very, very basic compared to what I'd expect from a Disney film. And I think that's probably because they were introducing all these different other elements to it. So I think as far as an, uh, a technical showcase, mm. I think it tried to do more than most Disney animated classics. And as a result, ended up being less than most Disney animated classics. However, I think that's less important than the story and the characters and the timing and uh, delivery and all that stuff. And I think all of that was it's amazing. Such a joy. I forgot. I don't care much about the Oscars. As you all know, it's mm. just a little fancy thing. But it's nice to know. Um, I forgot about this. So this is one year after Shrek victory so this is yep. one year after like ground zero the first ever best animated film yeah um which was shrek which over monsters inc we terrible. don't need to talk about it so this actually got a, a apparently this was a, a complete surprise to disney they they were again back to the conspiracy yeah they it were seems like they were yeah burying to, it yeah, yeah. to get rid of this but this actually got a um, best nomination award so it was up against it was up against spirited away yes so it would have nice. lost to that yeah right which one right and yeah. then we've got ice age ice age okay yeah yeah, yeah. rubbish yeah. uh lilo and stitch of course yeah thank so you disney yeah. for putting us up against our own oh, yeah ourselves yeah well played and then uh, that the spirit stallion of the cimarron mm. the horse thing mm. which i've watched about five times i've never and seen I do not remember what it's about i've never seen it yeah and then treasure planet so yeah again adding to the conspiracy so was the when was the first disney oscar win for best animated film that's a good question because 2001 was shrek 2002 was spirited away i knew both of those mm. 2003 would have been maybe finding nemo oh, yeah. does that count that doesn't count why would that not count well it's pixar disney yeah yeah you're right in terms of i don't know if disney's ever won one mm. princess and the frog he won like... his little special ones yeah, 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 yeah. But like, when is? Because by that point, Disney started trying to do their own thing away from Pixar, but they made Bolt and Meet the Robinsons. They won't have won any Oscars. Um, so confident are you? Yeah, <laughs> Meet the Robinsons. I'm very confident. So by the time they would have won Oscars away from Pixar, you're talking Tangled was sort of their return to the foray. Um, Tangled, Princess and the Frog. Frozen, like some of them will have won Oscars for uh, songs or something, but I I know for a fact Princess and the Frog won two Oscars for music. Um, 
best score and best original song. But I've no idea if it won best animated, animated movie yeah. film that year. Um, and if it didn't, then yeah, I don't know what would have been the next Disney one to do. Yeah, fucking Shrek just yeah. destroying everything. <laughs> so that's, I suppose that's the end of that, I think. That was, yeah. that was lovely. That was good. We did it. That was really lovely. It's been a while. I've, I've missed this. I've missed this. We This is how we started. This is all all the people that are watching with us right now and stuff for their, because the Twitch. The Twitch only exists because we did the podcast. Yeah, it was an idea to do to do more of this. Yeah. We didn't do, to do more of this, so it's nice. Yeah. So I'm just putting away my pen. That's all right. Important. I mean, to be fair, the world did kind of go on fire a little bit, so it's it wasn't massively our fault we were just trying to be cautious and careful and respectful mm-hmm. of each other so mm-hmm. yeah i'm burping a lot <laughs> but yeah uh yeah that was really cool that means it's your turn next time to be the it keeper is. of truth it is uh, i really love that you loved that film i did love that film i'm excited to know what you're gonna i kind of want to announce what my next film is already do even. you you're, you're yeah your but no nah, but i yeah but i should think about it more okay I shouldn't decide. We've been right on. Now. There's been a very similar vibe because we did Moana. We did, um, like, mm. yeah, we've been on a Glen Keane mm. kind of vibe and and these guys stuff. Mm. Uh, it's kind of accidental and yeah, yeah, Lilo and Stitch. So yeah, I yeah, I don't know. So uh, there you go. That was the film Treasure Planet. Oh. I hope you enjoyed uh, I really enjoyed it I thought it was great I think it's the most underrated of the second dark age mm. that I've seen because I've the only things that could beat it are if Home on the Range or Meet the Robinsons are better because mm. I've heard lots of people that love both mm. yes and, and lots of people love uh, Emperor's New Groove and Atlantis and and lots of people love uh, Treasure Planet, but I I think Treasure Planet's better than Atlantis. Um, I think it's a better Disney film than Emperor's New Groove. Ooh, Emperor's New Groove is funnier than uh, yeah than, than any Disney film. It's like the mask of. Disney but I stuff. but it's a Warner Brothers movie. It's actually it's better by Disney. Like the style of humor is very. Uh, Looney Tunes and uh, which is great because that's really that's just really funny um but yeah I'd say this is my favorite movie that would have come out chronologically since Mulan but I haven't really seen Tarzan so I need to give it well, a go. Yeah. I think I prefer this over Emperor's New Group which is a huge thing for me to say like that, that, ain't, that ain't no gentle mm-hmm. compliment. Mm-hmm. I love Emperor's New, New Groove. Yeah, well, he's got the jokes, but this has got the heart, right? This has got the heart. And I think well. I love its imperfections. I like, like I say, I know it, like the visual styles really stood out to me uh, as problems. But having spoken to people and realized that most people weren't picking up on them, um, first of all, that's a good positive, good, because they, they, they shouldn't. But secondly, was just the fact that it didn't matter to me. Like, I think that's huge. Like the, it's, it's like when you talk about falling in love with someone, right? You don't, you I don't do not talk about that all the time. Yeah, you don't want to fall in love with someone that has no flaws. That's what I have with Treasure Planet. I, I can see its flaws very clearly. 
but I don't care. Mm. I love it anyway. I think its strengths are so much more important than its uh, its shortcomings. Um, I think as as yeah. a fan of the book, I think the way they've streamlined it into a an hour and a half or whatever it was, um, which is really difficult sometimes. Yeah. They, um, they made all the right choices. I think it just kind of again it, it really works. Like they could get rid of the Ethereum and go back to like that could have been just a, a genuine one for one re- recreation of uh, the story mm-hmm. of Jim on a boat and then yeah. they were just like can we make this cool for animation mm-hmm. and they did and it was like yeah the hoverboard shit like. was really cool reminded me a lot of TMNT which we need to do a watch party yeah, for yeah, at some yeah. point because loads of people haven't seen TMNT and we both know it's one of the greatest anime films ever made yep. uh, my, my down points I thought that the different styles of animation kind of looked a bit clunky together if you have uh, a keen eye and you're looking for that stuff it might stand out to you but i don't think it matters and the other thing was um yeah just the inconsistency with the drawing like some of the characters were drawn really really details and some of them were drawn really really basic which is fine but i think it makes this one of the most uniquely inconsistent disney movies ever I would probably, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that rivals it. I think this is the most visually inconsistent Disney movie of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to say that. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't think of another one that rivals it. Can you? Like just the fact that so many of the characters are drawn so differently, the background is drawn so differently, scene to scene. Uh, there's the the three different animation styles that they utilize throughout the film. Um, there's just not a lot of consistency with the way it looks, which I don't think is necessarily a problem, but it is a notable thing. Well, because the backgrounds are all done by that deep stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you're either saying that that doesn't, didn't vibe well with... Uh, it'll be interesting to see what you think of Tarzan, because they only use it for like yeah. 30 seconds in Tarzan, but he, he's like sliming down a... Yeah, yeah, I've seen the, sliming, the sliming, sliming down, down the trees, like a, yeah, yeah. A nasty wee, wee fella. Yeah. But yeah, I think this was, I think this is traditional animation's last best hope. They were like, we're still relevant. See, see and they that, were like, but like fucking, nah, years later, they did Princess and the Frog, which Yeah, is but that was pure. John Lasseter. Like, because when he yeah. came in, but then he, he binned all sequels and he binned, all, so he, he might have even been the one that, uh, coming in to, at the end of this, I can't remember the dates. So if someone's got a date, but John Lasseter came in and was like, right, we're not doing sequels. We're not doing straight to videos. We're not doing TV shows anymore. Mm. We're, we're going back to straight animation. Mm. And uh, I don't know if, if this got cut in, in that horrible. I, I consider I this know. is my, the, I would say Treasure Planet is my little ugly baby of <laughs> Disney. Like, I love it, but it's ugly. It's an ugly little baby. But that makes it all the cuter. All babies me. are ugly. Yeah, but I I'm not as in denial parents about need this to one. know that this one's so ugly that I'm not in denial about it. Like I'll let everyone know. Like look at my look at, look at my ugly baby. Um, <laughs> what what's your ugly baby uh, Disney film? Like the 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 one that you think is f- the most flawed, but you love it anyway. Well, that's a difficult question. Yeah, it's not one I'd ever thought of until seeing this film. Yeah, I, th- I think it definitely. I qualifies. think you might, you might be onto something here, like because. Like that's different from 
what do you think's not get like because I love Lilo and Stitch. It's got like a really cool heart, but I don't think yeah. people know about it. But it's and not, I don't it's think it's an ugly. ugly no, it's, it's, it's. I think it's a very well realized film. If you go to Disneyland, at least Disneyland Paris, I can't speak for the other parks, but um, yeah, the there's more Stitch than anyone other than maybe Mickey. There might be more Mickey Mouse, and I mean might. Like I could be wrong on that. There could be more Stitch than anyone. But if anyone's got a chance, it's Mickey Mouse. And even then, it's slight. Like, the gap between Mickey and Stitch and then everyone else is huge. It's crazy. I was not expecting that at all. Well, I, I remember with the, the podcast we did for this, it was, um, yeah, like, the, there's a Japanese TV show and all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but, the, I, I mean, that's the thing. The character, like, regardless of how successful the film was, the character itself is hugely successful. So, yeah, don't you worry about uh, Stitch. All right, thank you very much, everybody who is listening to us and uh, and everyone who's not listening to us, especially. Um, yeah, you guys are great, too. Yeah. Hubble. So we're going to end this podcast. Uh, what a lovely film. What a lovely person. Thank you. Likewise. Uh, we will continue to be t- talking to people in the Discord. Don't go away anywhere. And uh, I'm going to go to the toilet, which is the most important thing, I think, in my life. Mm. Do you have any wisdom to take away from the movie Treasure Planet, Ross? Yeah, your dad's all right. Okay, there Unless you go. Unless he's not. Unless he uh, fucks off and leaves you, in which case, go make friends with a cyborg. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Treasure Planet was an absolute treat. Ross needs to pee. I need to uh, drink some water, I think. Yep. Uh, but yeah thank you very much we'll be back on the next one which will be chosen by me and revealed on our stream twitch.tv forward slash Ross and Miko but for now thank you very much for joining us and happily ever after with Ross and Miko this has been Ross goodbye and I've been Miko goodbye and we'll see you soon oh bye bye I need to pee okay bye bye it's a tingle I feel strange it means you're a baboon and I'm not I'm talking about like a big bear. Phenomenal, I'll